Thank you very much, Bar Baker, the Siren of Stout, for joining us on Friday, October 30th. You can join us live every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern at betterondraft.tv or facebook.com forward slash betterondraft. Our future episodes will include on November 6th, Ryan Geist. On November 12th, which is a Thursday, we're going to have Goose Island and Virtue Cider. That's right, Greg Hall is going to be in. On the 13th, we are not going to be live. We are going to be at Griffin Claw doing our Flying Buffalo episode, but we will come back on the 20th of November to get Joe Short from Short's Brewery in. And to end the month, we're going to have Robin Cleveland from Norton Aquavit join us. You can follow all of our social medias, Better on Draft, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us on Twitch, Bod Podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Better on Draft. You can find us on Untapped, Bod Podcast. It's B-O-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoy, and no matter what you think of your beer, we think it's Better on Draft. Whether your beer is in a bottle, can, or glass, kick back and relax. It's Better on Draft. And we are live, episode number 241, Better on Draft Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. It is the day before Halloween, so I hope, uh, well, when you guys are listening to it, it might be the day after Halloween, so hopefully you have uh, picked up your uh, your dad tax, your mom tax, got your chocolates, mixed it with some beer, and we're ready to drink. I am Ken. Welcome to the show. I'm going to bring in our guest right away, uh, Barb Baker. The Siren of Stout. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good to be here. We appreciate you joining us. We've had plenty of people from Fermenta. And when Wendy was, we were like, you know, we need to get, you know, we want to bring more people from Fermenta. And she's like, I know Barb. I can just text her right now. And so we are glad to have you. So I'm going to ask the first easiest softball question in the world. How did you Mm -hmm. get the name Siren of Stout? That was because actually came from my husband because I am a stout slappy. So I love stouts and I actively push them on people like drugs. So I, uh, it just came to him. He was like, you call out to people, you yell at them. You're the siren of stout. And also I try to just bring people into the industry. So that was my other thing. It's like, it's a twofold thing. I call out to people to bring them in and I love stout. So are you drinking a stout right now? I am not. <laughs> what are you drinking? I got, I got this sent to me. It's a Crooked Run Brewing Sour IPA with limes, raspberries, and black currants. All so right. That's what I'm drinking now out of my glass. All right. Well, I'm going to bring in the first co-host. Dan, how are you doing today? Hey, hey, what's going on? What are you drinking? I've actually broken my month-long run of not drinking beer on the show, and I've gone with a barrel-aged Imperial Stout from Uncle Bear's. Kick off the night at a little 14%, not too shabby. It's only 4 o'clock over there. So <laughs> it's you only know. 4 o'clock over here. You are right. So uh, why, don't you, uh, somewhere. Why, don't, why don't you start off and uh, give Barb a little question? Hey, Barb, I'm actually glad you mentioned the beer you're drinking because now I don't drink IPAs. I think they're actually kind of crappy, not even going to beat around the bush. But something that's driven me nuts, especially about stouts lately, is the number of freaking adjuncts that are in them. Um, no matter where you go, no matter what kind of stout you try to get, um, you can't find just a regular old stout. I don't need coconut Snickers, peanuts, you know, M&Ms and Oreo cookies all in one beer. They don't need to be yeah. in there. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think people are going too far with adding adjuncts, not just in stouts, but in beer in general? Because it's kind of getting to the point where you can't find just a beer. It has to be something that has all this candy, all this sweet, all this other thing added. And it's becoming just kind of insane as far as I think. Yeah, right now it's a little too much. But I get the reason why it's too much. Because everyone's trying to come up with the next best thing to get their beer to be like, oh, it's so awesome. And people are going to stand in line for it. So do I think it's too much? Yeah. Like I just like a regular stout. What I really like during the, um, when people are putting out their black is beautiful beers is a lot of people weren't putting a lot of fluff in them. They were sticking to the recipe, which is a very simple Imperial stout recipe and putting it out like that. And it was refreshing because I was tasting, you know, stouts made in different places are going to taste different anyway, because somebody putting their finger on it, the yeast floating through the air, you know what I'm saying? So it's going to taste different anyway. 
Mm-hmm. And then most people just stuck to the recipe and it was so refreshing to just be able to taste a clean stout. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, there is too much stuff. And a lot of the adjuncts are putting in it, it tastes, you can taste, they taste syrupy or they taste chemically or, you know what I'm saying? Chemical. Yep. So I, I, my, I'm a purist in that form. I mean, I love that people are experimenting. I love it. I love that people are doing different things, but I just like a regular I'm like a regular straight beer person. <laughs> Amen. I agree. Well, uh, next, uh, looks like we're going to have a full house today. Nick, how you doing? Hey, hey. Doing, doing great. Three what? more weeks and I move into a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a daddy. What are you drinking to uh, to celebrate? Because obviously I don't think you can bring the booze into the hospital. Not, not I can't. Nope. Um, so uh, double fist like legal. I always do. This is the UFO pineapple from Harpoon. And from... Uh, the collab from Listerman and Hitchhiker Brewing, they're, what's it? Facts About Cats, their New England IPA with Lotus. How are you still going through Citra. the Listerman beer? We went through that like a couple months ago. I drank that so fast. You know what? I just try and change it up every week. So. Mine didn't make it past the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what, what question do you have for uh, Barb to start us off? So one of the people in the chat was just talking about just plain Irish dry stouts. And you said, Barb, that you were a purist when it comes to stouts and going piggybacking off of Dan's comments about all the adjuncts. What is a good dry stout pure to style for you? Like what one or maybe a couple might come to mind when it comes to just a plain old stout that's fresh, go, always a go-to that you can drink anytime? Um, when you said Irish stout, of course, the first thing that came to me, which you guys may go, was Guinness. I, I love Guinness. Honestly, yes. Guinness is my gateway. That was my gateway dark beer, uh, I guess, 15 years ago that got me into even drinking dark beer because I was like, I'm not a dark beer person. Mm-hmm. So even to this day, I love Guinness. When I was when I was breastfeeding, I know there's a lot of guys here. You could drink Guinness. So Guinness can do no wrong for me. Mm-hmm. As far as like a, another regular, I try so many different ones. Like um, Bell's, I like Bell's Expedition Stout. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of some because I have so many downstairs. And once I run out, it's like, so I love Bell's Expedition Stout. Um, of course, I like their, their, was it 35th anniversary one too? Yeah, I just got yep, that 35th one. one. Yeah, that just, that literally just came out like what, about a year ago or something, something like that. But yeah. yeah, and I, I was just able to get my hands on that. I really like that. I like anything that Bell's does, though. I know Larry Bell is a huge stout fan, so that's probably why I like his stout. So just to keep this, it short and sweet, probably any <laughs> any stout that Bell's does. <laughs> and I love and Coonan's. I don't know if you guys have ever gone to Coonan's and Warren. No. Yeah. Um, even their, like their creme brulee Java stout, I get that there's stuff in it, but they just, I mean, I love that. They do good stuff over there. Yep, we're all, uh, for the most part, Eastsiders from the state. Dan might live in Arizona now, but he grew up over in Michigan with us. So um, I think okay. Coonan was a lot. Both Coonan and Dragon Mead were our intros into the craft beer industry. Yeah. Um, you know, in that mid-2000s era that were local breweries. Because obviously you could go grab, whether it's, you know, something not imported, but something that was um, from another state that might be coming in here. Um or bells or founders, but our local, our local that we claimed our own was definitely Coonan and Dragon Mead. Wendy, how mm-hmm. are you? That's a nice little cat that that's walking past you. Yes, it's not my cat. Um, I'm actually on vacation right now. Uh, it's only a 24-hour vacation, but I am um, day drinking in Grand Rapids nice. for my birthday, which is on Sunday. So, but I had to get home for Graham, so we we took the day off when we had a caregiver there. So, what are you drinking right now in the so evening? So, I am drinking. Um, I actually bought it this afternoon at Broadleaf Brewing in Grand Rapids. It was amazing. They've been there for one year now. Um, I was there two years ago at the hotel cat, catty corner from them, and was so disappointed that they weren't there. Like when I got there to that brewery, I was like. I stayed at the hotel two years ago. I could have walked there if I'd have waited for another year. Um, I'm drinking their banana peel. 
It is a stout with bananas, vanilla, and lactose blended with bourbon barrel-aged stout. Um, it's fantastic. Um, while we were there, the head brewery from Brewery Vivant was actually brewing at their site. Um, their beer is fantastic, and their food was amazing. I totally suggest heading out there. Well, uh, what question do you want to start us off with for Barb? So my question for Barb is, I know that you are a um, Cicerone certified beer server. Um, what made you go that route? Because that was not anything to do with what you went to school with. It's for not, no, no. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and start off with one. I'm a Gemini. So nothing I do or say actually really matches up because I'll start going down a road and I'll get bored and then I'll go down another road and I'll get bored. Uh, beer is probably the only thing that's kept me like right on for, you know, like I don't want to get out of it. I want to keep being a part of it. So um, what was, what was it? What'd you say? Why did I become a Cicerone? Or why, yes. did I become How, why, why did you go for the Cicerone certified beer server accreditation? Because basically Annette May is making me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I started going down that road, but I, you know, I've worked with her a lot. I, I, I love her. She is so, she is like somebody who literally is on my shoulder pushing me to go do this, do this. They need you over here. You need to be the voice over here. I'm not doing this, so I put you in my place. You put me in your place? Like, I'm taking over for you? How does, how does that work? Like, so instead of a net May, we have Barb Baker. What? <laughs> so It works. If, I was like, knowing if both of you, it works. And and you know what? If Annette's fine with it, I'm like, then it, then it works. So, so you've sure. never been a bartender or thought, because... It's actually something that I thought about doing just mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, I actually know what I'm talking about because. Well, that was kind of the first reason I started doing it, um, because I thought, well, I'm in it. I'm a woman. I'm a black woman. People, it doesn't matter how much I say I know. They may go, you really don't know. So if there's credentials behind it and people are going to go, oh, well, I guess she does. Right. <laughs> so I started it and then I got pregnant and I fell off doing it because I was like do I really need it and then Annette was like no you do and basically she has just been with her little teeny hands on my back pushing me to go to the next thing the next thing and and I will probably more than likely go do the next level too um because she's you know pushing me to do it and the funny thing is is she was like you know a ton of stuff just take the test and then I was like I don't know I don't think I'm gonna pass I don't know it may maybe I don't know enough I finally broke down and took it. I missed one question. So, and that was because I was kind of drinking and I was watching TV and I was just literally like, so I told her that and she goes, oh, I knew you would pass it. <laughs> For those of you who don't know who Annette May is, if you head back to episode 225 of the Better on Draft podcast, we brought her in uh, to chat about beer. She's one of the few people that got me into craft beer, um, walking into merchants one day in the uh, the mid-2000s and telling me all about the imports and craft beers that they had going on there. Uh, Rob, what are you drinking over there? Uh, so I am drinking first a Gretchen, Gretchen Witt beer from Eastern Market Brewing Company. And one that mm-hmm. is leading me into my my first question, a Bistro Grande pumpkin cheesecake from Energy City, which I have that in my refrigerator too, sir. <laughs> is going to lead me into my first question, which actually before I get to that, first, happy belated Bar Baker Day, which was on September twenty eighth. Oh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate so- that. <laughs> Um, so I hadn't even started reading the article from Scene Magazine, and the first thing that I noticed in there was the picture of you having a shirt that said Pumpkin Everything, and that is two R's. Probably could have put maybe like two more. That's all right. <laughs> everything. Pumpkin. And there was a line because it was Pumpkin over right. Pumpkin or everything. So, okay. And- <laughs> So obviously with what happens in the world today, that there is this stigma that comes with pumpkin spice and pumpkin beers and how pumpkin beers just 
belong into the lower depths of hell. Dan is, is shaking his head and he's, he's a completely agreeing with what I'm saying right now. I myself am not. However, what I want to first ask is what is that pumpkin beer that sits at the top of the mountain? And is this a stigma that should just, just die? Because I mean, it can beer can have anything. Mm-hmm. Why is pumpkin so taboo? I think, honestly, okay, so my top of the mountain beer would be a southern tier, probably pumpkin. I really like that. Uh, Or the warlock, because I think that's the bourbon barrel one. Why is it so taboo? I don't know. And why do you have to be a basic bitch to to like pumpkin spice? I don't know. (laughs) I have no, no, but it's funny because the, the, the reactions to pumpkin stuff is so visceral either you are like me where you love all pumpkin stuff or not only do you hate the beer it's like you hate the people like i don't like pumpkin spice i feel the same way i'm surprised you still like me wendy because normally people hate the pumpkin spice and they hate the people that like i don't care if people like pumpkin spice i just don't like it in my beer (laughs) i I love it. I actually, um, somebody sent me, actually the person that sent me this as well, sent me three different pumpkin, um, like a pumpkin latte, a pumpkin, couple pumpkin beers, an imperial Tupelo stout, um, and then Sasha Womble. I don't know if you guys, she's from um, the Brews Brother Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. The Brews Brothers. She got me the bistro one that you're drinking, mm-hmm. and there is a pumpkin spice latte bourbon amaretto um cocktail she got me from the last word and i haven't opened it yet because i know that wanted, doesn't sound bad it looked really good and I'm, I'm really excited to just sit watch tv and just sip on it so yeah why people hate it i can't tell you because it is um the nectar of the gods so i don't know I'm finding a few that that I'm enjoying. I, I've I've kind of taken it this month, where kind of like how much I didn't like sours a couple of years ago. That I just took the time to just drink sours, and now I found some that I like. I've been doing the same thing with the pumpkin beers. So there's a few that have that have been been pretty good. Um, but another thing, actually, kind of going back. Let's let's go back to the beginning, um, and. I guess ever since that first Heineken that you had back in college, um, I would imagine that your beer tastes obviously have changed because you, you, you have found this love of stouts. But I guess tell us what it's been like experiencing the different beer styles from that Heineken to where you are today. Experiencing them as I go. Um, oof, that's... Cause that was a long time ago. That was my sophomore year in college that I had that Heineken. Um, that was a hell of a frat party, wasn't it? <laughs> it was well, and I like to tell, I don't know if you saw the scene thing when I talked about that there, the full story is, and I don't know how old any of you guys are, but when I went to college, the fraternity parties were, were segregated. You have black fraternities, you have white fraternities and the black fraternities had, their um, their parties at school sponsored places, so you you couldn't have any alcohol. And the white fraternities could have their parties at their houses, and you can do whatever you want at your house. So when you said it was a hell of a party, yes, because I had never been to or been invited to a party like that. So we went there, and it was like, you can do this, <laughs> you can have this much fun. <laughs> So that probably was another reason why the beer tasted so good because it was just pure debauchery from the moment we walked in. And, and I've grown accustomed to that kind of good time. So, um, but as far as getting from there to here, it wasn't, I, even though that was my first Heineken, there were times where I, I kind of fell off because I was a collegiate athlete. I was a fitness competitor for a number of years. So you don't, I wasn't a drinker. I, I became a wine drinker. I was, got very interested in wine. Then being up here, you know, Michigan is just such a great place to hone your passion for beer. If you like it, it just, it really sucks you into it. I mean, seriously. 
So like I tell people when they say, I don't like something or I don't like beer. I'm like, well, what's the first Merlot you had? Did you like it? What was the first anything you had? Did you like it? Well, no. You need to open your mind, open your palate, and just taste it and taste it with an open mind. Taste it again. Actually, um, when I had my first Guinness, I didn't like it. The bartender, I was in Irish pub. I used to love those places when I traveled, but I used to have a Smittix or something like that. And he was like, so last, what do you, what do you want? That's my best Irish uh, <laughs> accent. And I was like, oh, I have a Smittix. Oh, you don't, you don't want a Guinness? And I was like, no. And he was like, oh, you have three Guinnesses and you'll love Guinness. And I go, we'll see. So he was right. I had a Guinness that day and then not the rest of the week. The next time I traveled, which another Irish pub had another one. By the third time I went to an Irish pub, I got it, drank them all night because I had an open mind. I had an open palate and I was like, let's do this. Yeah. So that was, kind I don't of know if I really answered your question, but <laughs> it's yeah, you did, you did. Like Mike Pence, I answer what I want. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> it, was, it was kind Check of a broad, it was kind of a broad question. It was that was a good that was a good answer. Um, but actually, going into your answer about how there was the differences in the parties, um, kind of goes into how there's still the differences going on in the beer world right now. Um, as what was written in the scene article that was saying that seven point five percent of brewers are women. And 88% of brewery owners are white. Um, we still, uh, I guess in, in my view, that we do have a diversity problem that is in the beer world. Um, I'm curious, what has your experience been in the beer world you know, throughout these years and going in and out of places? And I guess going into your role with Fermenta, um, mm-hmm what kind of steps would you like to see happen to help diversify the culture? My situation, and I'm very honest about this because my situation has been unique from my first Heineken at that party that I was so welcome to. That's how it's been from then till now. But I know for a fact that that's not how it is for everybody. Um, Which is why I want to be the siren of stout. I want to represent, I want to be at places. And that's why I go out being at places. I'm the only one. I'm the only woman. I'm the only person of color because I want to be that representation to bring people in. Um, It's so weird because a lot of things about the beer industry have to do with money. So a lot of beer people who, there's a lot of black people who, who make beer at home. When they try to get to that next level, They can't get the capital. They can't get. So that's more about the problem with. I don't say that's that's less about the industry. And that's more about the problem with America, because you getting the capital to even get a brewery is now, you know, I'm saying so it's like that's a whole different problem. I've heard a lot of people say and and when people go, well, if you make good beer, then it shouldn't matter. It isn't about that at all. Because there are plenty of people, I know a lot of guys who left college and went out and started a brewery because they they could have the capital. Their dad loaned them money or they could go to a bank and and get money. But how we're going to change that, it's, we need to change. It's it's more about not changing the beer industry. We got to change America at the heart of America. Because if we could just get over our problem with other people, if we could get our over our problem with black ownership, women ownership, gay ownership, that would increase the, the economics of America. There's actually a study is the trip, the, and the people gay of pops were part of this, like they, they put it out there or whatever, like Trill Pill Project or whatever, about if we could just be less racist, we would be a more a more, um, not productive, as far as, as economics, our economics for America would rise, or like GDP would rise if we could just be more, if we could just be less racist against each other. Right. Um, as as uh, Ed Wunsler once said, uh, this is America. We don't stop doing things because they're wrong. We just keep doing them until they come out right. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Uh, so kind of going into, um, as you're saying about making good beer, um, I found out that you are a home brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about, I guess, first, kind of one of our, our questions that I know that we, we tend to ask is, what was that first beer that you made? And I guess, what, what kit did you use? It was an Irish red, and it was from Northern Brewer, Northern Brewing. Because uh, it was, at this point, a while ago. I haven't done anything with home brewing for probably about five years because I have a baby <laughs> who wants to touch everything and no one watches her but me. So um, unless I lock her in the basement, which I wouldn't advise because I don't want to go to jail, then um, <laughs> I, I've just been in, in, inviting, inviting other people's beer right now. But I really, it's funny because I want, I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. And then when she's born, I'm going to get her into it and she'll be the baby brewer. No, 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 N- nope. Do, no. You have, do you have any dreams to open up a brewery? Because I saw that you're doing a, a lot of, of working on different styles and, and working on learning on how to do different styles. And I'm curious if that is turning into that possibility. Obviously, you, you have a day job. You have, mm-hmm. uh, from from what I was seeing, you do quite a bit in your day job uh, that I seem like you would have to get and sacrifice most, if not all of that, to open up a brewery. But in making those beers and learning those styles, is that leading you into a, a thought that you may want to open a, a, your own brewery one day? Yeah, I actually, it, it, it really has. I, I, especially because being a black woman, don't, maybe doing it in Detroit, I probably would like to open up a nano brewery, something like that, where you can do a lot of small experimental things and, and just try stuff out. Like, do I want to be the brewer? I don't know. I actually talked to Angie Williams, but I was like, wouldn't it? And I know you guys know who Angie Williams is. Yes. Uh, I was like, you could be the brewer. It would be like a women, whole woman thing. You know, black owned, women led, da da da. Um, I, I I've been tinkering with that for a while, but it, it would have to be the everything would have to be, the planets would all have to align because I know how hard it is to get the money, how you know getting people in the door. It I know it's wow. tough. I know a couple of years ago, it was what did they say? It was one point one and a one. Point three breweries were opening every day in Michigan. That's how that that's a ton of breweries that are like coming here, but then a ton of them are closing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, not to already shoot myself in the foot, but I would if I'm going to do something like that, I would like honestly, I want the right investors because I'm not taking money out of my house. I want to live in this house. I'm <laughs> 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 not trying to have my brewery close and move out of here. <laughs> so. Oh. Um, yeah, you want all the planets, everything to kind of come together perfectly. And, um, that would be great. I would love to be the first black woman owned, uh, brewing, you know, tap room in Michigan. That would be pretty awesome. That I I would love to be like the first one through the doors for something like that. (laughs) That would be amazing. Uh, You'd have to fight for me on that. <laughs> Challenge accepted. So some of these beer releases both invited to the I can knock you down. <laughs> some of these beer releases, don't worry, I can bring a chair and I can wait. Uh, I, I have <laughs> uh, now back in 2015, uh, you had made a list of the top 10 breweries. Uh, from that list, from 10 to 1, it went Crankers, Right Brain, Oddside, Griffin Claw, Founders, Dragon Mead, Coonan, Bells. Number one was Witch's Hat. Um, Ooh, you went back. I went back. Woo, I was like, who wrote that? (laughs) (laughs) So with that reaction, it kind of makes me wonder if that list has changed a bit. So I guess you don't have to give me 10. I guess I'm just curious right now, what would be your top three? I see what you did there, Rob. (laughs) That was just Michigan. So... Sticking yeah. in Michigan, it's, oh. okay, I, I'm going to, at this point, because I love everything about them, Holmes would probably be my number one. Mm. Mm. And, and 
I don't even think they've ever they have I've never had a stout from them. I don't know if they do stouts, but I've never had one from them. They, they've but, made so far, I believe they've made three and they've sold out ridiculously. OK, I've never had one. I've never tried one when I've been there. I've never seen one. So because mine like three hours to get it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. doing I'm not waiting any time. For that. <laughs> but uh, I once I got into IPAs, when I tasted theirs, I was like, Mama, I'm home. This is, I, I love their stuff. So they would, I would say they're number one, but they really don't do any stouts. And that's kind of my thing. I'm going to say, these aren't in any order. So Holmes is up there. Um, Coonan's is always up there. I really wish, wish their customer service was better. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is that, is that, I should know. No, that. that's A. Everybody no, that's fair. That's fair game. Hey, I mean, if you don't. Because it's, I, part it's, of, it's part of the business. Yep. There you go. Yep. I love them. So when I talk to people and they're, and they're talking to me like, Hey, what's a good place on the East side or whatever. I tell them, you know, you should go to Coonan's, but think of it this way. You have a, an ex-boyfriend and like the sex is really good. <laughs> But you shouldn't go back to him because he's your ex-boyfriend. Yeah, I so I went to a, I went to a brewery today and had the same type of situation. I was really disappointed with the service, but I really liked the beer, so I took it home with me and went to a brewery where I loved the service oh and boy. the beer <laughs> again. So. I totally understand what you're saying. And it is valid. Like that service is a huge deal in the brewing industry. It is. It is. It, it, and it, we it, can't it, discount it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I keep I was, going back. Because. I keep going back because it's good. The beer is good. <laughs> Actually, I think I met you at Coonan's. Yeah. I think we met at Coonan's. Was it? It wasn't. St. Patrick's Day, I think. I was going to say. It was Something Patrick's along those lines. Regarding yeah, Coonan and St. Patrick's Day, though, that's the only time I've ever had poor service at Coonan was during uh, St. Patrick's Day, where I was there for an hour and a half and I got one beer. Um, one beer in ninety. Were there minutes? like a million people there, though? There were There's always a million. People but there, though, you but... can still, if yeah, if you always. if you know it's going to be busy and you I'm know you're going to be staffed correctly, I should be getting more than one beer or seeing my waiter because they were just pouring beers. Like what <laughs> they had a bartender literally. Pouring beers in front of the tap it is so that the waiter or waitress can just grab it and walk away. So I I I wound up going to Tipsy's right after because I'm like I can't not drink. Like I woke up and stayed up at or woke up at seven for drinking. So I plan on drinking. Tipsy McStaggers over there oh, yeah. on the, by the GM Tech Center. Yep. Um, yeah. One of the questions that I wanted to, to kind of ask and kind of go back because I recall the first time I ever got introduced to you, it was a social media post that you had did where I believe you were at the Fall Beer Festival and you were looking around and you were like, you know, where are the people that look like me? Where are the black women? Where are, um, you know, the black people? After what Rob said, you know, we've talked to Marcus over at Weathered Souls. We've talked to the Bruise Brothers. Uh, we talked to Houston, uh, who I'm, I don't know if she's still at Atwater anymore. Um, you know, we, we talked to a lot of the people, but what is something that, you know, something like me and Better on Draft and, and my platform that I have, how can I help introduce more and more women of color, more and more people of color into the industry from my platform? That is tough. And here's what's funny. I mean, when I don't think there's, I don't post, think, yeah. There were some people that were insulted and they went, you're kidding. I saw there was a person standing by Griffith and there was a per Okay. <laughs> if you can count the people that you saw <laughs> were they and I didn't see, <laughs> then there really wasn't hardly anybody there. We could blame the rain and the cold because black people don't like rain or cold. Okay. But, um, Rob shaking his head no. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but how, what can you to do? To be fair, like, white people don't either. Yeah, I hate it. It was miserable this morning. Yeah, it, it, I mean, the weather did suck. But, yeah, what can you do? I, I mean, I don't know. Here's, here's, I can tell you what 
I do, I reach out to people personally and I literally go into people's DMs like a crazy person <laughs> and hey, I saw that you um, are studying for your CBS, your, your, your certified beer, whatever, server thing. Um, do you need books? We're, we're giving books away, apply for a scholarship. You were saying you went into a brewery and you felt alone. Why? Like, I literally am that creepy lady that's like, why do you feel this way? What do you need? Do you want support? Join Fermenta. So. So slide into I, like, DMs. That's what you're, you're suggesting. Well, I, just slide into DMs. Slide into people's DMs. <laughs> um, that is kind of what you just said. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I got. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> And I I don't care. I don't. I I know. I know it's a loaded question. I know that there is no right or wrong answer. I think you know, as you keep, as we keep pushing the industry and inviting people like you onto the show and inviting, um, you know, uh, Fermenta, Detroit Draft Divas, um, the Brews Brothers, like getting these groups going, I think is obviously one of the big keys, but as someone who wants to make sure that the industry is more inclusive, um, Mm -hmm. I, as you know, we started the show as three white men. Um, that was the original title before we went with better on draft, just three (laughs) white men. Um, you were going to say two and a half men, Ken. Oh, Oh, geez. You just burned yourself. I know. I was just waiting. (laughs) I'm waiting for that. What are you proclaiming with the part of Matt Bush Bush tonight? Where's Matt Bush when you need him? Um, you know, we, we we I understand where we are and where we come from to where um, we we need to be allies within this industry to help bring it. So that's why I always feel the necessity to ask. You know, what can I do, especially with the platform that I have now? I, I know that's a very serious issue. You were talking about, you know, how uh, people, oh, I saw this person and this person. I saw four. Like uh, Rob always says, you know, you count your allies when you walk into a beer festival and you can only count them on two hands. Um, I, I want to go something a little bit lighter. Um, if if I opened up your fridge, am I ever going to see Miller Lite, Coors Light, or Bud Light in there? <laughs> no? No. Not, I, well, Hell no. To, what do you serve? You'll see Kip. You'll see Killian's because my father-in-law brought it over yesterday. I wasn't here. I was in Baltimore. But when I came in, I asked my husband, I was like, why is there Killian's on the floor? He goes, dad brought it. (laughs) He said, just like that. Like, don't blame me. Dad brought it. I went, oh, okay. Well, where do you see these crafty style beers within the industry? Beers that are brewed by the major brewers, but aren't your standard, you know, light lager. Like, do you feel they still have a place within the industry? Or do you think that, you know, we we talked with Jester King and you talked about, we we learned about some of the shady things that go on within ABI, uh, but Mm. still approachable, priceable. Do you still feel that these breweries have some, these beers have something to give to promote the industry? The macro, like the macro beer? Yeah, the macro crafties. The Killian, Shock Top, Light and Kugel. Blue Moon. Blue Moon. BCBS. I mean, like clearly that. they do because, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people are buying them. I mean, my father-in-law just brought Killian's over here, I just told you. Yeah. So, <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, because people are still buying them. I don't, people aren't yeah. going to not buy them because... They're inexpensive. Yeah. They they do the job of what people want. Um, what am I hearing? We're hearing Wendy's background. It's me. So oh, uh-huh. I unmuted because um, I wanted to say something. Oh, sorry. So, I mean, of course they they do because plenty of people are buying them and drinking them, and and I think they they help with maybe they help with gateway beers. You know, somebody drinks them and then they want something that has more flavor, so they'll move to something else i guess that's that's all i got on that well your father you said uh, you know your father father-in-law brought in the the killians would you go back and tell him like what beer would you suggest be like hey next time why don't you bring this or why don't we try this together because i've got what my like i went with eric the red and of course my next beer is going to be the rochester red um because mm-hmm. killians was my intro to craft beer um yeah, i was I like killians. slamming three dollar 40 ounce boombas at local bars um, yeah thank you <laughs> Uh, Daniel, um, you know, what would you tell him? Like, what beer would you suggest to bring next time for for you guys to drink? Well, my honestly, my father-in-law will drink anything. Okay, he's he's into 
I mean, it's his, what does he drink? What is that? It's not Bush. And he says, it tastes kind of like a craft beer. I was like, no, it's not. It's, oh, I can't think of it. It's in a blue can. It's, it's, it's bullshit. I don't, I don't know what it is though. I don't know if it's by Bud or whatever, but um, he usually brings the founder Scotch Ale. What is that one where the guy is on the front? I can't believe I can't think of it. Back, back with Bastard? That's it. Yeah. So he usually brings Backwoods Bastard with him, whatever, because he really likes that. And he's like, I like it. It's craft beer. So it's like, okay. But then sometimes he goes, that stuff is just so expensive. You know, when I can get this, I still like it. I'll still get a buzz. And it's not as expensive. So that's his, his real thing is it's the cost. But he'll drink. I mean, when I have, he'll, he'll drink all my beer when I have beer. So I think, yeah. He'll bring whatever I tell him to bring. But okay. it, if he gets it on his own, <laughs> it's about the cost, honestly. But is the, the cost, and, and this has kind of been at least my thought in terms of craft beer and the craft beer world, is that there's a, a good contingency of people who do not go into craft beer because of the cost and, and yeah. how much craft beer costs. I mean, to at least for me, I think it's better quality. It's better ingredients. It's it's a better beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but there it, it's very it can be very difficult to be going to some place and then you're looking at the beer list and every beer is six, seven, eight dollars, and you're just saying well, shit! I could just go to the store and just buy myself a, a you know a, a thirty pack and, mm-hmm. and be set and done in for for like twelve bucks. Um, while we oh, can, and talk it's also to- you re- you remind me of something. It's also sort of your motivation. Like my father in law said, a lot of the craft beers are super high in alcohol. What he wants to do is do more session drinking. So I'm like, then buy a session. Session beer, something that's lower in alcohol. But it's still, you know, buying a. I'm trying to think of this because my husband has some some founders. Um, I can't think of what it is. But having a session beer and then having a lower alcohol, like macro beer, the macro beer is still cheaper. So that's where they're like, and if you're in your head, you just want to have a slight, a slight drunkenness. You're not really concerned about the flavor. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I, kinda, I, I mean, I am. I'm not speaking of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm thinking in my, you know, in my dad sort of thing. So we kind of had that conversation today when we were out because um, I do a lot of trading with beer and we trade dollar for dollar. And I just got a package. Like I spent, I, I spent $45 and I spent eight beers sent eight beers to Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and they sent me back like 25 and I was like oh that's so wrong there's no way that like I I did something wrong and I was like freaking out about it so I started looking up the beers that they sent me and they were paying like six to eight dollars for a six pack Mm. of brewery made beer like not Bud Light this was like beers that they got at their local breweries Beers that I look for that I can't get in Michigan that they sent me from Wisconsin that were like $6 for a six pack. So I got like 20 beers for my like six or seven beers. How is it that they can make the beer so much cheaper than we can? Well, that was my, that's, that's my next question. So why, why would, could he send you all of that? And ours are so much, you you probably bought a bunch and they were in those four packs. Well, so I, I did go and get them specialty made beers but where are we getting a six pack made six dollar craft beer six pack what brewery do we get that from in michigan solid none of my favorite breweries i can tell you that yeah and these are the breweries and they sent me the beers that i asked for from wisconsin Mm. that were six dollar six packs so i got six of the beers i asked for and like 20 beers that they were like, hey, you might like these. 
Well, I know Barb, you're you're a, a big traveler um, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to travel all over the country with my last job, so seeing the different prices and everything, where do you see alcohol, specifically beer, as like you know the cheapest when you go out and travels? Do you see it in a specific city or state that you're like, oh, I know I want to go over here um, to make sure to get my beers because whenever I go to um, you know, Seattle, just beers are just so much more expensive out in Seattle than they are even yeah. here in Michigan. But when I used to go to, you know, some random, like Wendy was talking about, I was in a random city in Wisconsin, just north of Kenosha, and I'm buying, you know, $2 bottles of uh, Bells because it's you know, right there. I'm like, how does this work? <laughs> how do you guys, how does this not topple your economy selling it for so cheap? The places I usually travel are the places where everything's more expensive. So, I, right now I'm not going anywhere, but I would go out west a lot. So I would be in Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Seattle. And you're like, you're just getting stuff out there because you know you can't get it here, but it isn't because it's cheaper. Florida surprisingly has a lot of cheap beers. They also have a lot of stouts that you are like, oh, I wish I could get my hands on it. Just sitting on the shelves getting dusty because they don't drink a lot of stouts down there. I was there a couple years ago um, working. Where was I? I'm trying to think. (sighs) Tampa was I at? And I was at Total Wine. And they had just rows and rows of stouts. And I couldn't take enough home that had dust on them that I was like, nobody wants these. And they're like, yeah, we don't drink them down here. I was like. So now that Florida is a place where you can go get cheaper beer, especially darker ones that nobody wants that's coveted um that's down there everywhere else i don't i don't know because i i've never i haven't been to i have been to wisconsin but i didn't drink (laughs) but um yeah any of those off places i wouldn't even think they would have i don't know florida (laughs) florida is it go to florida All right, I think uh, Rob's got one more question before we kind of wrap it for the night. I appreciate you coming out. Rob, take it away. All right, this one, is it's kind of going a little bit off of beer. First, kind of a a statement here was that I was messing around and and looking through your Siren of Stout website, which led me to the uh, hosting career clip that you had down there. And Uh one of the things, one of the parts that that really got me was – uh, you starting off your interview with Toria Blanchard, the owner of Good Girls Go to Paris, which was my very first crepe experience, and I missed that place like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Um, but I had also noticed that um, uh, uh, on top of doing some acting, that you were doing some voice work last month, mm-hmm. and that has been kind of a dream of mine to kind of get into the voiceover and like voiceover work realm and i guess for a i guess a a new person like me Mm -hmm. what would you say for for me to do and to look at in order to see what that entails and i guess if it's something that you know a person would truly want to pursue well first you need an agent because you can't it's hard to find jobs on your own i have been in I've been in the entertainment world for about 20 years. So I have been, I'm a TV host. I'm a voiceover actor. I'm a commercial actor. I do a lot of commercials. I did um, auto shows for 15 years. I do a lot of trade shows where I do like narrations for technical shows, computer shows, stuff like that. So I've been around the block in the entertainment industry. The first thing you want with anything is you want a voice. You you want an agent, which we have. Yeah, we have some really good ones here. Um, there's there's a ton of voiceover work around here. So if that's what you want to do, I can hook you up. <laughs> I, I I would appreciate that would be awesome. I I've been hosting trivia for the last eight years, and there's a lot of people, a lot of my players who say, "Oh my God, you should be doing commercials." So I said, "You know what? Let 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 let's see." Let's see if it's possible. Yeah, yeah. Once you have a good agent, you now it's voiceover is tougher than anything. I have done hundreds of commercials, but voiceovers that because it's it's when there's people like I, I I can't think of somebody like popular who people would know 
who does many different voices. Like you think of like a, um, uh, who always plays the voice of God? Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. You know, yeah. Morgan Freeman does voiceovers as Morgan Freeman. But yeah. the thing is, the people who make the most money are the people who, who their you have no idea who their voices are. I knew a guy, a white guy who played, he would play a white guy. He would play a woman with a lower voice. He would play a Rastafarian. He would play a black guy. Like that's how he, how good he was at voices. He played everybody and he made all the money. So when you come in and your voice may be a little bit better, they would go, oh, we've already worked with, with Sean. So we'll go ahead and pick him again. That's, that's the industry. So it could be you or Sean. When he says, my name is Sean, they go, oh, we want Sean. So, so and it's funny, yeah. that's, that's how it is in the industry, totally. I've been to hundreds of auditions where it's me and somebody from Survivor or me and Mario Lopez, and I'm not kidding. Me, it comes out of me and Mario Lopez, and they go, well, he was on Saved by the Bell. We like you better, but, and then you're like, but he's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to be Mel Blank of sorts and it just. Go, <laughs> well, you guys yeah. know one of the most like prominent voice actors is from Detroit, Michigan, which is Robert Paulson. Do you guys name is Robert Paulson? No, no, Robert Paulson. He's Pinky in the Brain, Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, like Land Before we Time. Oh no, I know who Robert Paulson is because he has a uh, a podcast where he will do vo- like they'll do script readings of him and like the um, Pinky from Animaniacs, and he did like Star Wars Episode Three, the scene with um, uh, where they're near the lava. And like I thought you were a brother, but he did it in the pink voice, so pinky voice. So, um, yeah, if you guys don't know who Robert Paulson is, like his his now I need to look him thing up. is just so huge. Like yeah. you would be like, I know who this person is. The second, like I know personally Saint John Saint John just because Duke Nukem, and everyone I think yeah. knows the 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 voice of Duke Nukem. Yes, when I when he shakes her head, no, you never. Um, no. No, I don't. Okay. Well, I'll make sure Wendy, you know. It's an incestuous – basically what he's saying is right. It's an incestuous um, industry because once you're in, then you're in – like Cree Summer from A Different World does yeah. – a ton. She, she's making more money now than she ever did on Different World Yeah. because she does a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. She can change her voice. So – I can't do yeah. that. No, I've always been told I have a great voice, but I just one I hate listening to the sound of my voice. So like when I do audio editing for this show, it's just like uh, nails scratching on a chalkboard. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I just you I, have I, a beautiful voice, Kim. Well, thank beautiful. you, Barb. I'll uh, I'll I'll send the check no, later. No, um, <laughs> uh, Siren of Stout. They can find you on Instagram at Siren of Stout. You can find me at everything at Siren of Stout. Sirenofstout.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all Siren of Stout. I'm keeping it as simple as possible. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining us. That's going to do it for this episode, episode 241, Better on Draft. And uh, on Tuesday, you guys are going to see the news episode. Uh, we're still recording it live Friday, so it'll still be 1030 or October 30th when we record it, so you can join us live, betteronddraft.tv. We will be right back with the Better on Draft podcast.